Welcome into Screen Cleaning, the show on BYU Radio that shines a spotlight on all that is good in entertainment, news, movies, and TV, and more. My name is Cole Wissinger. And my name is Rod Gustafson. Hi, hey, Cole. Rod. You're not Jeff Simpson. What's going on? I am not Jeff Simpson. Some days I wish I was. He's a pretty cool dude. Oh, I absolutely. Am. It's me. Beautiful family, beautiful life. But yeah. Jeff is on vacation this week, so as we do sometimes to talk to Rod about movie reviews. He's a professional. He's been in the business for oh so long, and he graces our show from time to time. Today... Uh, you're here for the whole dang thing, and we're glad to the have you. The whole thing, Cole. <laughs> Happy so, to be here with you. The The thing that I love bringing up when Rod comes around is, like, the insider news. And since we always start our program with the news of the week, Rod, let's talk a little bit of the movie business, especially in this weird time for the industry that has never happened before, where theaters are closed. What What do you got for us that's new this week? I'm a little strange, Cole. I think I like the business of Hollywood better than the art of Hollywood some <laughs> days. It's just interesting. And I, I mean, when I... I say it's interesting during these times of watching how the industry is going to adapt to what's going on. Got, first of all, I must say this. This is a major industry in our country. I, a lot of people's jobs are on the line right now. A lot of people have been furloughed or just laid off completely. And, uh, and we tend to think of... Hollywood, when we hear that and we hear that people are losing jobs, we think yeah, big Ryan mansions can like, afford yeah, whoop-dee-doodle, like sell one of your eight cars. But the real truth of the matter is that 99.99% of the industry. The boy and the key grip uh-huh, and all those, uh-huh. those aren't, those aren't are the guys. millions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're making modest incomes, living in often very expensive locations so they, they can get work and they got bills to pay. And so, you know, this is serious stuff. Now, it, um, it, some of the latest latest news, Los Angeles Times uh, just a couple of days ago did a big story on what's happening with movie theaters. And I know you guys have talked about this a lot on the show. Just kind of, I mean, Jeff and I have been updating where release dates are oh, sitting, okay. right? Tenet right. was supposed to be last month. And then yes. It, back once it keeps and getting back bumped again. and bumped and bumped. Bumped again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was supposed to open July 17th. And now which is, I, I uh, can't today, remember. Yeah, which is today, by the way. And now it's being pushed again. And uh, But for the movie theaters, this is becoming serious. They originally, I think, when they when this started, like many of us, they thought, okay, well, this is really going to hurt. We're going to lose like three months. But now, you know, they're they're looking at losing much more than that. And in fact, the, uh, the, the president of the National Association of Theater Owners, which is called NATO, being, no, that's not the, the North Atlantic NATO. Treaty Organization, okay. the other NATO, he is actually getting to the point that says, um, you know, studios don't start releasing new movies soon. It could do lasting damage. And he says if the studios are going to say, we're going to wait until 100% of the theaters are open and we're not going to be there until a year from now when there's a vaccine, he says, and and this is John Fithian, I think is how you pronounce his last name, this is existential for the movie theater industry. We go a year without new movies, it's over. That's what he That's says. That's the pull quote. So, yeah, it's over. It's over. And so what does that mean? And I suspect, you know, movie theaters, we're going to talk about movies like Greyhound, for instance, the Tom Hanks film that should have been on the, in, on screens right around Memorial Day weekend. And and then Sony decided they just sold it off to Apple to put it on. So Apple's using it on their screening platform. Which helps Sony, but it doesn't help movie theaters that we're going to get the it doesn't help movie from theaters. people going to see it. And I doubt even Sony, I think... I think you found a rumored amount, didn't you, of what they sold that for? Was that you that told me 70 million? 70 million. 
million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 70 million is pretty modest for a movie like that. I suspect it was probably 100, 140 million to produce. So that's not turning a profit for the studio either. And so they're taking a wash on that. Apple, you know, I mean, it's very easy. Let's face it. You can sign up for a month, watch the movie. You've paid your, how much is Apple TV? I'm still on my free plan from my phone, which is what a lot of people are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if it's 10 bucks, I'm not sure. But, you know, you can pay that for one month and you're gone. So it really, the streaming platforms as they currently are, really aren't a sustainable sustainable way for movie movie studios to be making the money they need to make from these things. Another goofy business uh, behind the scenes thing. We're going end up talking about Hamilton also later on today. So uh, today on the program, we are going to dive into streaming. Since movie theaters are not showing the new movies, streamers are. And so there was a new entry into the streaming game this week, which is Peacock, that we're going to dive into. And then we're also going to kind of do a review roundup where we talk about a lot of the movies that we've missed over the past month. And again, since Rod has been reviewing movies for a lot of his professional career, he's going to lend a little bit of insight into some of those. We get to disagree on movies. I like that. We're going to talk about (laughs) Hamilton, which came out on Disney+, Plus, just the filmed version of the stage play. The funny business behind that one is that Disney Plus discontinued their free trial. Mm -hmm. You used to be able to get like a week or a month or whatever it was at the beginning of Disney Plus for free right before Hamilton came out, which has been their kind of biggest new thing that people haven't seen before as opposed to just getting an Avengers movie that you saw in theaters. Yeah. Uh, Right before Hamilton came out, they discontinued the free trial and it did boost their signups oh, by seventy two percent. And when you think about it, Cole, five bucks to watch Hamilton. Come on, and you get Disney Plus for a month. I Absolutely. mean, if you sign up, so you know, it, it, I understand. It's not like it's not like they're really fleecing us for a ton of money. I would have paid thirty, forty bucks to sit and watch Hamilton. I, I seriously, would which have. is still cheaper than it oh, would have been yeah. if you went to Broadway. Oh, you if you could get a ticket for, to yeah, see the original to cast, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, when you look at when you look at how they're trying, even if they're signing up, like Netflix, we just found out signed up um, in the last quarter. I believe it was ten million subscribers is what they've signed up. And and so now that we're in July, like the second quarter that was the Corona quarter. Like, yeah, that where was. Every other business has been tanking yes, and yes. Had, was was closed for half of it. If you're a mall, if you're a mom and pop shop, if you're anything except for a grocery store. Or mm-hmm. a streaming service that you can mm-hmm. watch online. Yes, you probably or a had hardware a terrible store. second quarter. I've heard Home Depot is doing quite well too, and Lowe's. But yeah, exactly. So this, so as far as subscri- subscribers go, they're doing quite well. But they even admit that it's probably going to slow down a little bit. As now in the next quarter, and the other thing Netflix is concerned about, they had a huge pile of of product shows, movies, Mm -hmm. and series banked, and they're going to be running out by early 2021. And then last thing, a lot of other countries who have COVID under control are producing like crazy now. For instance, Canada, they are busy making all the made-for-TV Christmas movies, Hallmark movies, that type of thing. Their crews are going back to work, and they're quite delighted because a lot of people are getting work in Canada that wouldn't be otherwise because they don't have the competition right now from the United States. And this is happening in other countries too. So the other the other um, issue at play here is Hollywood is creating a vacuum. And you can bet other 
countries who have COVID under control are going to happily fill that that void. New Zealand, for example, mm-hmm. known very well for the Peter Jackson Middle Earth franchise, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, six right. movies there, um, and a coming Amazon series. They've got Corona entirely gone from their country as of right now like yeah. they are they are free and they are good to go and their movie industry which got propped up by those great movies for a little bit um has been struggling otherwise with their local yes. filmmakers and Taika Waititi is a huge like he's from New Zealand yes. he's he's a huge advocate of local theater there and local making of the movies um They've got a chance now to kind of swoop oh, yeah. in. I think you're going to see more movies coming from New Zealand, which can be a bad thing necessarily. I'm, I'm excited for yeah. it. It's something different. Yeah. More streaming news because that's really all that is happening. Netflix is putting together its most expensive original film to date, starring Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. It's directed by the Russo brothers of Avengers fame. It is called The Gray Man. Ooh. Speaking of Chris Evans, he's, of course, Captain America, and there is vague Marvel news. So uh, Disney Plus put out their schedule for everything that's supposed to come out in August, and originally The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out in August. It was not on their list of Mm, what will actually come to Disney Plus in August. So it has been pushed back along with all of the in-theater movies. We're now seeing some of the streaming stuff get pushed back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stars, Sebastian Stan, he plays the Winter Soldier. He said that they were a couple weeks away from finishing filming at the time, like in mid-March when the COVID started to affect things. And it has been pushed back subsequently. Mm-hmm. So if, if you were excited to get some kind of a Marvel fix, we missed out on Black yeah. Widow earlier this year. Um, we're going to miss out on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. as well for just a, a lot little. of strategy. You know, this is like this morning I grabbed a piece of toast and went to the fridge and there was just a little blob of strawberry jam left in the bottom of the jar. And I had to spread it really, really thin to make it last. That's what's going on right now. They're spreading it really thin so that we stay subscribed to these services. But they know that the new product is going to be slow to come, the new shows and movies. So they got to dribble them out in a very strategic way. And it takes some shuffling a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so when we come back here on Screen Cleaning, we're going to talk about the latest streaming service to enter the game and how they've kind of arranged some of their product their tv show and their movies to come out with a bang they hope we're going to talk about the peacock tv next on screen one of the most recognizable theme songs i think in television history welcome back to screen cleaning rod are you a parks and rec fan You know, I've watched a little bit. I've heard so many quotes from it, so I decided to start delving in and watching a few episodes. And so, can't say I've I've hit fan status yet. But yeah, it's it's got some fun. Did you start with season one though? Yeah, yeah. See, you got. I started with season three this time around because I've seen one and two obligatorily once before. All right, they're a little rough. Okay, Uh, it gets good around season three. So last night when. The Peacock came out here in the United States and Parks and Rec became available to stream whenever we want. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of Parks and Rec before I went to bed. Ah, very good. Good. We're talking about the Peacock today. That is NBC Universal's new streaming platform because every 
every single company needs to have their yeah. own private and, little way to and, send it out to and you. And they're the kind of the last big one to the party as far as I'm aware. I guess Warner, CBS has all access. Yeah. Warner is part of HBO, HBO Max. HBO, you're right. Yes. Fox and ABC are mm-hmm. teaming up under the Disney, Disney. umbrella. Yep. Yep. That's everything. So, yeah. CW yeah, is sort of ones. Warner and that's sort yeah. of HBO Max. Yeah. And I'm watching PBS. PBS is in there, Cole. Okay. You know? yeah. P- yeah. PBS, can we Don't just forget about PBS. go to like PBS.org? Yeah, well, they have an app. That's what I'm using. They've got an app on for Apple TV. I got to get in the word for PBS. Man, right. they make some good stuff. I mean, Sesame Street got bought out by HBO, so I can yeah, watch that on, there you go. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, NBC's the last one to the game. And we're starting to realize, if you weren't hyper aware of which channel your favorite shows were on, oh, you, sure you are, are now. Because you, you can't just like search your TV guide. You have to go and open up the HBO Max app well, and then realize, oh no, uh, what, what what channel was Parks and Rec even on? Let's check CBS All Access. Find, let's check Disney Plus. Let's check. I find too that when I go on these services and I see stuff, I go, oh yeah, that's right. They own that, especially Disney Plus with the Fox buyout. There's Ugh. stuff on there that Disney has their hands on now that I thought, how did they get that? And there it is. See, when I think of that Fox fanfare, I immediately think of Star Wars in Mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. That's how every Star Wars movie started when I was a kid. And then Disney bought Star Wars individually. Yes. And then Disney bought the rest of, you know, 20th Century Fox. And so it got there eventually. But history books should remember, Disney had Star Wars before they got the rest of that catalog. That's right. Anyway, uh, Peacock, NBC. So it's NBC and Universal. Universal movies. That's uh, what I'm excited about. Include like Jurassic Park and, and all the Hitchcock films. All the that's Hitchcock that's films. one of the things I'm looking forward to. I've got some of them on DVD, but watching them on HD, 4K, all that stuff, that'll be fun. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about their library. So you first open up the Peacock app. What are you going to see? What's right there in front of you? And I mentioned Parks and Rec. The other, I think, biggest NBC property is The Office. Mm hmm. It is not there yet, Rod. Yeah. It will come in 2021. Ah, okay. It's deal with Netflix because Netflix used to be the place where you could just like get paid to have yes. them show your stuff. But now yeah. they're internally and a lot realizing of they're having get paid to for buy their stuff. their stuff back from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a big yes. Disney Plus the- thing with Star Wars. They had allowed Star Wars to be streamed over there, and now Disney's trying to get it back as fast as they can. No, I admit I I signed up for the Peacock last night. Spent about 15 minutes on there. Um, I, okay, I, I'm a little older than you, Cole. Not that much older, but older. Hello. And so I started digging around for some of the old stuff, which I found. But this, when you ask what hit me first, I was surprised how much they're promoting Shrek. There's Shrek everywhere. I, I, that's the one thing I noticed, that there seems to be a big push for that. And that's probably, you know, to try and get some of the family audiences in and whatnot. Saturday Night Live is mm-hmm. an NBC thing. 30 yep. Rock is an NBC thing. New shows like AP Bio or This Is Us or right. Friday Night Lights. The television show, not the movie, which I really, really enjoy. Mm. Those are all NBC and those are all available on the Peacock. And they're also doing original stuff too, like Cleopatra in Space. I'm seeing that one. Uh, it's an animation. Okay. And uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Some things maybe not. Well, now now to. let's talk about their originals because that is, that's the key to any library because Netflix, as they've started to realize that things are going away, have really tried to beef up yeah. their original. They're, they've gone for the 
quantity over quality model over at Netflix so that you don't realize that things are going away because Netflix is just still full of stuff. What I realize when I open up the Peacock is I click on all movies available and I only have to scroll for a couple pages down until I've run out of all of their movies that are available at launch. (laughs) And so they do have a couple of these originals, but much like my criticism of HBO Max, it seems just like yesterday, but maybe a couple months ago when it first launched, not a lot of originals. And when I watch the first five minutes, I'm not dragged into any of them either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't even get a chance to watch the first five minutes. So, but you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting how these streaming services, like when I first signed on to Apple TV Plus, um, I remember there was like, what, three things on there. And they, they are had really four building. four originals. Jeff and I. Yeah, like, four. That's right. We, we, we with each streamer, it seems like we get less and less uh, excited about them because it's just another one in the giant pool of streaming services yes, out there. When yes. when Apple TV Plus came out, Jeff and I, like, we spent an entire night. We watched the first episode at least and a couple episodes of everything they had available. We had an in-depth review. Now you and I are doing the Peacock and we're just kind of yeah. scrolling through it as we go. And yeah, yeah the Peacock's around. <laughs> and I, the, the best thing I can say about the Peacock, and I think we've buried the lead just a little bit here, Rod. Yes. Is that at least the Peacock is free. Yes. And that is the lead, isn't it? All you need to do, you put in an email, a password, and away you go. And, uh, and okay, this is where I was a little ripped off last night, night my short experiment. I, I live in a condo. I, I have cable television through Comcast, which is an NBC universally owned or whatever thing. And I thought I would be able to get what's called the next tier, the premium tier, for free because I've got that. And they told me I didn't qualify. So I thought, oh, gee. But there is, you're right, it is free. You get the basics for free and it comes with advertising. And then if you want to pay five bucks, you can bump it up and you get a few more things. You get supposedly more television shows, movies, but you still get ads. Yeah, there's a little premium tag next to a few of these shows Mm -hmm. and movies that you have to have at least the $5 version to be able to get. Then- on top of that, there's a $10 version, which gives you even more stuff and even less ads. But there's a there's a little caveat on that, too, that, oh, some of our original programming, and s- due to some arrangements with some production companies, you still might get ads. Yes. Even if you're paying $10 a month. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah, I know, which seems like, yeah, gosh. So, yeah, I think they're going to have a few bugs to iron out. Certainly people just casual... People dropping by who want to try it out for free. I think they will. I'm okay. You know, who likes ads? Nobody really likes ads. But in a television show that has been cut for advertising and created for advertising, I'm okay, fine. It. Yeah, I'm used to it. But I can't imagine, like they've got the, like I mentioned, they've got the Hitchcock Library on here. I'm trying to remember. There was another three Jurassic Park. Yeah, they've three got the Bourne Jurassic Park and the Bourne three movies, Matrix which movies. I'm excited about Matrix as well. I can't imagine being in the middle of a thriller and all of a sudden, boom, an ad. And I'm spoiled rotten because I've reviewed movies for like a quarter century. I don't. I am not used to advertising in movies anymore. And I would really go out of my way. I'll spend four bucks to stream a movie. If I'm going to sit down for an evening and watch a movie, I'll go stream it, you know, on Apple TV or Amazon or whatever and pay my money rather than put up 
with having to have the flow of the movie interrupt by adverti- interrupted by advertising. So I think that's going to be something for the Peacock that's going to be challenging for them for a lot of years. See what people's tolerance yeah. is. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're watching a TV show and there's a natural commercial break. Like, it fades to black. And even there, there were shows I remember in the 90s where it specifically, like, that, that 70s show had, like, in to add and out to add like little yes. bumper things uh-huh. where it was the characters dancing in yes. front of the tie dye background or whatever. Like, yeah. and you still see those when you're watching it without the ads. And but but still, I've gotten so used to not having to deal with ads. Yes. I was watching YouTube TV with my roommate the other night, and it was just so jarring that yes. we had to actually watch ads again. Yes. We've yes. been spoiled, right? I know. Right. Yeah, we have. And every now and then, I'll get sucked into. I'll watch into the. I'll walk into the living room and. And my wife might be watching a movie, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is good. And I'll sit down and start watching, not realizing she's watching it on air. And all of a sudden, there's an advertisement like, Ugh. I'm out of here. That's it. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> one, of the, one of the advantages to the second tier, like the middle, the $5 mm-hmm. tier of the Peacock, is that it offers live sports on NBC. And sports are something that always come with ads yep. because – they can, because, well, the, but also the, the athletes need a break for a second. And what was supposed to launch, the reason this was originally slated for July, was because the July, July of 2020 was supposed to be our Tokyo Summer yeah, Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not yeah. getting that because of a certain a virus dollars. going around. Yeah. And so the Peacock and, and NBC's kind of world of things, NBC and USA and MSNBC, that's where the Olympics normally are. They were going to be the home of the Olympics on a streaming service, and they don't have that right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know some big misses, aren't there, with these things. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting seeing. So, Cole... As I do the math on this, yeah, like how much does cable cost now? For most people, basic package is about 45 bucks. Yeah, or something. 50 or so. So if you say. signed up for, you know, like the whole idea of this is, yay, we can cut the cord. Boy, there's a lot of nickels and dimes and dollars and fivers going out the door right now where – As you add up, if you want to get the four networks, you know, the four majors and then, you know, throw Warner in there as Mm -hmm. well and whatnot. Yeah, you're really back to the price you were before. And so I guess it gives you the flexibility of building your own package as far as what you want to watch. But then wouldn't Um, it be nice if there was some kind of place, some hub you could just search and know which place to go to? Like, like imagine if it was all bundled together, you know, in a certain cable Wasn't that what Hulu was supposed to be once? I don't know. Hulu was. Yeah, yeah, back in the the old days of Hulu, it was kind of a... The the Netflix of television, if you will, where you could find a lot of stuff, and and I guess this is my this is my issue is okay. So I sign up for all these streaming services and paying between five to ten dollars for each one or whatever. But the more I sign up for, I've only got X number of hours to watch, which means I'm going to be splitting my attention, which means I'm going to be watching less on each of these, and that's what's difficult for me. You know, you almost wish like that's where. If I go over to iTunes and I pay a buck or a dollar fifty to watch each episode or something like, I don't know. I'm still working the math on this, but I think as we all want to sign up to see what's on these different streaming things, and we have all these little charges coming through on our credit card, rather than that one big massive monthly cable fee, it's going to be easy to get sucked into 
you know, to pan just oh, as much. Oh, I can much, toss another five dollars over exactly. there. Yeah, because yeah. it's only five bucks at a time. Yeah. So, Rod, we're going to assume the peacock's in there because it's free, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to yep. pay anything for that. Yeah. What's your next priority? What's the one that you're not going to let go of? Well, I'm waiting for the... Well, I did let go of CBS All Access over the summer because I watched all the new Star Trek stuff. Yeah, once you finish Discovery and Picard... Yeah. Well, but I hear really Picard, <laughs> the next season's coming out in the fall, so I'll be back on that bandwagon again for <laughs> probably at least three months because it'll take me that long to get through them. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you know, Netflix has always been there. I hang on to Netflix even though... I find I'm watching it less and less, but other people in my family are still watching it. So, okay, fine. We'll hang on to Netflix. But, yeah, I, you know, and I added Hulu to the Disney Prime package. Are you an Amazon Prime family and you get the, the yeah, shipping yeah. and everything so, else the I Prime mean, offers? I don't keep Prime really for what I'm watching. I keep it for what I'm ordering, okay. you know, the stuff that comes in. I'm storing my photos on there. I mean, that's what Amazon really has. They've got a whole lot more than just the streaming service. But with the streaming services... I'm finding that it's pretty easy to let them come and go and, okay, I'll sign up. Maybe next fall I'll sign up for a couple more and keep it for three months, let it go for a few months, you know. I just recently let go of my HBO Max. I kind of got through everything that I wanted out of that for the first month or two. Um, And then when the Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League comes out in 2021, I'll come back to it. And again— I won't be able to get a free trial probably the second time, but I'm okay paying for a month of that. Go through their library one more time, you know, maybe watch the newsroom again or go through Game of Thrones the first few seasons that are actually good again. Um, But I'll do that, you know, when I'm buying it for some other real reason. And again, looking at this from a business perspective, if I was running one of these streaming companies right now, I'd really be looking seriously at an annual plan upping my monthly rates. Lock and them into six So if I'm charging five bucks a month, I'm going to say, okay, it's going to be 10 bucks a month or $60 for the year, you know, it, to try and maintain that and lock people in because right now, boy, you know, it's pretty easy to come and go. But don't quote me because I don't want them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're still taking advantage of it. There's one last thing. So there was, there was one more original on the Peacock and one that I got to watch. Like I said, NBC... Uh, is also a parent corporation-ish sort of thing of the USA Network. And all of those USA Network shows are also available on the Peacock, Mm, including mm -hmm. Monk, Burn Notice, Uh and my personal favorite, Psych. I forgot about USA Network, of course. Since Psych went off the air in, I want to say, 2015, they've had one television movie a couple years ago and now a second. It was supposed to go straight to USA, but in order to help bolster the content of the Peacock, it was one of the launch titles as a Peacock original. Mm, okay. Psych 2 Lassie Comes Home is a TV movie that I watched this week and it felt good. The The first TV movie kind of was trying too hard, I thought. like It was the first time the cast got back together right. and, and you could tell there was a little bit of friction. Um, just that happens after time, right? This one, it seemed like they got back into their groove and it just felt like a genuine, you know, slightly longer episode mm-hmm. of the television show. And it's mm-hmm. a television show okay. that I really, really enjoyed. The other cool twist that this TV movie has going for it is that that first one suffered a little bit because one of their main characters, um, the the gentleman, Timothy O'Mundinson, that plays Carlton Lasseter, uh, probably the, the third build guy after you got Sean and Gus or the, the main pair, um, 
Carlton Lasseter is the main police detective that they work with in the Santa mm-hmm. Barbara Police Department. And that actor had a stroke slightly okay. before they filmed the first one. And so he was in it for just a very small period of time, almost a cameo role. Here it's been a few more years and, and he's a little bit further along in his recovery. And so he's in a wheelchair. Or he's in bed for most of it. But they work it into a major part of the plot that he was on the job and he, he got shot and he's trying oh, to remember okay. what happened. Right. And so the main mystery is revolving around him. And even though he's kind of stationary acting, he doesn't mm-hmm. get up and move mm-hmm. around uh, until a very cool moment at the very, very end. Hmm. Uh, his character is there and he's aware and he's he's acting and he's a part of the gang again. And that was really, really nice that the behind the scenes of it all yeah. was able to come out during the and course of the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that of course you really get all cool. the stuff that you expect out of a yeah. psych episode, which yeah. is Sean and Gus riffing mm-hmm. and referencing 80s movies and being ridiculous and having nicknames and pineapples. Okay, and you've piqued my curiosity. That's one I'll check. It's not the only movie that you can stream, though, and when we come back here on Screen Cleaning, we are going to give you a little review roundup of all the movies that are available on all those other streaming platforms that, between Rod and I, we're paying for one or the other. (laughs) That's all coming up next on Screen Cleaning. In between the lines, there's a lot of obscurity. I'm not inclined to resign to maturity, if it's all right. Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton And there's a million things I haven't done But just you wait, just you We don't have to wait any longer. The 2015 (laughs) Broadway musical is now available to stream on Disney+. Plus. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. My name is Cole Wissinger with Rod Gustafson. And we're going to do a little review roundup. Every time we have Rod on the show, we got to review something. But Rod... We're reviewing a lot of things today. Yeah. Well, have we got a list? A <laughs> six, big one. Six different movies have come out uh, in one facet or another, and on six different of the big streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. We're going to take you from Disney Plus to Amazon Prime, HBO, and all the rest. Uh, and so let's get right into it. Hamilton, the musical, the movie is on Disney Plus. We both have seen it now. What'd you think? Fantastic. Just being able to sit and crank up the volume and and watch this spectacular stage performance put to film digitally. It was just amazing. Now, would yeah. you – so there's a, there's a few questions I've got about this, and I've got my answers, um, but I want to know your opinion. Would you have preferred – well, that's not the way to say it. Do you want to see a Hamilton movie? Because this was just a filmed broad – like it mm-hmm. was the Broadway yep. play, and they just put a camera up, and, and they gave us some decent camera angles, mm-hmm. but we were just watching the play. This is one of the best directed live stage put-to-tape productions I think I've ever seen. Are you putting down the 1998 version of Cats, the musical, mm. Rod? <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. I, I was amazed. And, and you can tell that there was more than this is not just they were doing a lot of these takes with an audience when they were able to get up on the stage and do some incredible camera moves with the actors. Uh, in my opinion, 
like I know there's something wonderful about seeing something like this with an audience around you, but at the same time, boy, you'll never see it like this sitting in the row I can afford to buy in yeah, that yeah. theater. <laughs> Which the row I can afford to buy is outside uh, the theater sitting yes. on Times Square. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm looking, I'm looking through the skylight on the roof. And the interesting thing behind the scenes a little bit, this is actually an amalgamation of multiple mm-hmm. performances yes. as well because no performance in its entirety is exactly perfect. And mm-hmm. so they kind of took, oh, man – Dear Theodosia in th- on this day was just yeah. the best he's yeah. ever done. So let's pull yeah. that one and let's you know. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it totally blew me away. The uh, the sound design, the uh, the the cameras, the you know. Of course, I'm bad for that. I drive my nut- wife nuts because I'm looking at all the technical aspects of this. But the story was super engaging as well. And speaking as a Canadian who didn't know a whole lot about this, although my <laughs> daughter's married into the Hamilton family, if you can believe like it, like so. the Hamilton, the family? Hamilton right. family. Yes, her. Her husband's mother is a Hamilton, directly descending. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I had a little bit more incentive to figure out what is this really about. And, uh, but yeah, it's spectacular. What's your favorite song? Oh, gosh, Cole. Uh, So, yeah, when his wife is singing, uh, I don't want to give away too much because that'll be my problem. I I don't want to spoil it because let's face it, there are a lot of people, what I love about this and I hope this this sets a template, is, frankly, I can't afford to take. So three of us watch this. My wife and I and our adult daughter watch this. And I just don't have it in the budget right now to go to New York and get, you know, what are the tickets to this? 200 plus a piece, I'm sure, if you want to I mean, a to see seat. the original cast yeah. oh, at that yeah, time? Yeah, probably. I'm dreaming to get in even for that much money. You're dreaming so, just to get in in the first place. Yeah. So The room where it happened, to get Yeah, the room where it happened. That's right. To be able to see this was just, um, it was just totally fabulous. And so, yeah, yeah. For my money, this is the best written play musical that I have ever seen. Every single word and the way they move through it and the way it's sung through is perfect. The The set design is pretty bare bones mm-hmm. and the costumes mm-hmm. are just very Which simple. Is, and I, yeah. I think all of that contributes to what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, there does. are, you know, there's there's more spectacular choreography out there in the musical mm-hmm. world, but but just the lyrics and the way this play moves and right. the themes and the way they bring back just the little light motifs like the the musical themes yes. for each character anytime you're talking about Aaron Burr sir no matter what song you're in yeah. you bring that through you bring that in. it is just the most intelligently written musical i have ever seen i listened to the soundtrack on spotify or wherever mm-hmm. since 2015 and now to actually see what was going on Behind And now this is the weird part about this, Cole. My daughter, this is my youngest daughter, she started listening to the soundtrack way back then, too, Mm -hmm. when she was still, you know, living with us and whatnot and and doing the dishes. And this music was driving me nuts. I don't do well (laughs) with soundtracks that I can't relate to. Why is this important to you? And then she starts dating this guy and ends up marrying this guy who's part of the Hamilton family. And I'm like, why is this happening to me? So it was just spectacular for me to finally crack open this egg and be able to see this and understand it and everything else. And the reason I remember where I was going when you asked me about the song and I said I don't want to give away spoilers is I think what we need to remember is so many people like me, this will finally open up. Hamilton to them. They'll be able to see it for the price of a Disney Plus subscription, which I think is amazing and cool. Um, And I hope that 
this sets up, as I said earlier, a pattern where, okay, it's on Broadway for a few years, and then eventually, I almost, uh, frankly, I prefer this over, I think, having it made into a, into a movie. Which, I, is, I, which is a legitimate question, yeah. because here in 2020, we were supposed to have gotten mm-hmm. an In the Heights movie, yeah. another original Broadway play written by mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda yes. that was being turned into a movie. Yeah. I really, really love the idea of just filming... Especially when they can do it like this. And I've I've been to Broadway and there really is something to be said for that experience. And I do not. But this makes it a little bit more accessible. The the most inaccessible form of media, I think, in our society, the upper Mm -hmm. class kind of going to the theater. Yes. Is now available for a Disney Disney Plus subscription for anyone. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful time we're in. Hamilton on Disney Plus. Next up. My Spy on Amazon Prime, starring Dave Bautista. We can cut a deal. I want you to teach me how to be a spy. Just to be clear, this is a one-time arrangement. Never again. I can't promise. So what's first? Shooting range, obstacle course? Or to walk away from an explosion? A lie detector test. I can smell a lie. Endorphins release an odor. And the ultimate tell, slightest blink of an eye. You mean like this? JJ, I admire all of your tattoos. Blink, blink. Stop. JJ, I believe you that you've never taken steroids. Blink, blink. She's good. <laughs> Dave Bautista. Thanks for filling us in there, Cole. It's It's the newest kind of riff on The Pacifier, which I think uh-huh. is the perfect way to do this with Vin Diesel from back in the early 2000s. But I laughed way more than I thought I would. When I saw the first couple trailers before even this one, I uh, wrote it off. I was never going to watch it. But hey, it's available for free because everything's got to be shoved to the streamers. Amazon Prime bought this, so it's technically a Prime original, even though it wasn't involved with Prime until COVID happened. Uh, Available for you to stream? What'd you think of My Spy? Oh, this is a stinker, Cole. Come on. (laughs) The first half. The first half of this movie is so cute when it's just Dave Bautista and that little girl running around. This movie, who is this movie? Okay, I'm I'm amazed you liked it, Cole, because when I look at movies like this, like this technically has a PG-13 rating on it, okay? People get killed, they get stabbed, there's a little bit of sexual innuendo, there's even kind of a little bit of allusion to the to the all no the the uh, sexual expletive that gets used everywhere. I and so I'm thinking, okay, when I look at this film, I think the audience is targeting is eight to twelve year olds. The little girl he's with is a nine year old, yeah, and it seems yeah. like it's for her era. They yeah. do all the flossing and dabbing and nay nay dancing that but the kids then, like. Okay, so and I know this is Mister Serious who reviews movies for from a parent's perspective, but there's a lot of risk taking behavior in here that I didn't appreciate. That if my nine year old was watching this, I'd be thinking, whoa, there's a lot of stuff here that. I want to talk to you about that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I know you could say, well, it's a fantasy. And yeah, it is kind of a fantasy, but it's but still it's very real. Pretty real. Yeah. It is painted pretty real. And she is a very precocious, bright young girl, brighter than what I think it might even be possible for a child that age to be. But a lot of kids are going to watch this and really think, wow, that is really cool. I really wish I was her and et cetera. And I want to be a spy. I want to prove that I'm cool by breaking into some neighbor's house and waving from the balcony. And also and, and having a entire movie long lie with your mother. And so those were some of the things that 
sorry, Cole. I'm just way too serious. No, and I, on top of that, I really didn't find it that funny. See, similar when Deadpool came out, right? It got an R rating, but really, so you have to be 17 to get in the theater, but you have mm-hmm. to be 14 years old to really appreciate the humor. Like it's really juvenile kind yes. of stuff. This is a movie that's about and four nine year olds that. Really, you should be 13 to be able to get in to see. It's a little mixed up. The first half, again, I thought it was super cute watching Dave Bautista and Chloe Coleman is the name of the little girl that plays Sophie. But once it gets into the actual, like, having to do the spy stuff, that's where I thought the movie kind of fell apart and it didn't bring everything together. Not great. Yeah, I just felt like the the performances, with the exception of Ken Jeong, who made his way into this Uh, movie. Yeah. (laughs) As the CIA director of some sort. Batista, you know, he reminds me of what Dwayne Johnson was the first time I saw him on the screen. You know, and was I thought, in the Tooth Fairy? Because oh, it's remember, that kind I of a movie. So. Yeah, it is that kind <laughs> of a movie. And Dwayne has come so far. The guy really can act now. I wasn't seeing that here. So, Okay, next. Uh, so it's My Spy on Amazon Prime. Next. We got to start running through these, man. Sorry. Scoob is on HBO Max. There's a new version of Scooby-Doo in town with a new version of the theme song, even. And I'm so sorry I didn't see this one. So you can do this one solo, Cole. That's all right. I don't have a ton to talk about because I think this was kind of a stinker. This is an animated version of Scooby-Doo, the original Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Hanna-Barbera got bought out by Turner. Turner is now a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. And so this is on the HBO Max platform this seemed more like a launching point of a wacky races laugh olympics cinematic universe than it did an actual (laughs) scooby-doo movie there was never actually (laughs) a mystery that the mystery inc and mystery gang could go solve like it was just such a small part of it it was more like hey here's dastardly and muttley and here's the blue falcon and in the credits we have grape ape and adamant and I recognize and I love all those characters, but that's because I grew up watching Boomerang and then anyone else that grew up in the 60s might recognize them. But again, the nine-year-olds this movie is actually directed <laughs> towards and the, they the humor. They are going to have a clue. No yeah, clue who these yeah. people are. I, another movie that no one knows who it's really for and this less than my spy for me as an adult didn't care about any of the jokes. Didn't do it for you. And that is Scoob. That's right. Scoob's on HBO Max if you're trying to keep track of where you can find all these things because they're all on different ones. Palm Springs comes next, and that is on Hulu. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You, what is going on? Hey, get out of the water! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about. Yeah. Yeah, that that you might have heard about. Ever watched Groundhog yeah. Day before? It's it's <laughs> one of those movies. It is. Okay, this movie is, I hate it when they do this, but I, why did it have to be made with the R rating and with, I think we counted over 70 sexual expletives? It is such a good movie. It is such a fun story. I love the elements that they brought to, because let's face it, Groundhog Day is the standard bearer of this genre. It's a genre within itself. But they thought of things to do with that that I thought, whoa, that is so clever. And I'm still thinking about this movie, but it is just a, it's just got a lot of unnecessary stuff to get through from a, uh, possibly objectionable content perspective, depending on, of course, what you feel is objectionable. But for me, 
I, I felt like I can't share this with my kids and I wish I could. I am a sucker for time loop movies. And oh, it's me too. Right, this, this movie earned its R rating, but watching Andy Samberg just kind of run around in this world mm-hmm. was so fun. Oh, and, yeah. and it was a romantic comedy that I think was both romantic and comedic, which is very, very rare. It's interesting. Uh, Happy Death Day was rated PG-13. Groundhog Day is either mm-hmm. PG or PG-13. Naked on Netflix. The title of it is Naked. And its shtick is that Marlon Wayans starts each loop naked in an elevator on his <laughs> wedding day. It even managed a PG-13. 13 rating. So why This one is our – so on, on screen cleaning, we don't give this the the biggest recommendation, but gosh – it's a time loop, and I loved it. And it's more than a comedy. It actually has some very profound thoughts that make you look at the way you live your life. It actually has some very good positive messages to it as well. And so. scientifically, like, there's a part of it where they're trying to figure out the quantum mm-hmm, physics mm-hmm. of the time yeah. loop. The yeah. the quantum physicist that shows up via, like, a Zoom call is actually the quantum physicist that kind of collaborated and, and uh, advised oh, really? on the movie. It's oh, a real cool. guy. It's not an right. actor wow. that spews some science stuff. And it's got Great dinosaurs. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that is Palm Springs available on Hulu. So we've ran through Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Hulu. Next up, we can't ignore the fact that Netflix <laughs> still probably is the king of the streaming game. And we both watched Eurovision. Uh, sorry, wait. It's the Eurovision Song Contest colon the story, story of, Fire of Fire Saga. Saga. Uh, with Will Ferrell, the man who has given us Anchorman, the the legend of Wrong Burgundy, and Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, and he likes these long titles. I mm. do, too. I thought this was funny. I thought it was funny for the first 20 minutes. I actually was laughing out loud, which is hard to get me to do in a movie, and it really started off strong, but then it became a Will Ferrell movie. I just have, again, an issue. Sorry, Will. Uh, Elf, I finally warmed up to after many repeated viewings by my family and their friends. But this one is just, uh, just didn't do it for me because, again, it starts delving into a lot of sexual innuendo and that type of thing, which I just... I just really didn't find it all that funny. There, the closing, uh, one of the closing scenes, again, trying not to give things away here, was hilarious. There were funny moments in here. It could have worked. It's shot a lot of it in Iceland, which was super cool to see. Very beautiful. That was to really see. neat as well. So uh, a lot, it had a lot of good things going for it. The movie, the music's even kind of cool. But, Let's, uh, so it's a, it's about it, this actual Eurovision Song Contest yes, that exists. Yes, thank you, Cole, does, which I didn't even really know that much about. So you're this. from Canada. Does Canada mm-hmm. not participate in this every uh, year? Well, I'm not or sure. I, you know what? I should be able to have an answer to this, but I really don't know. While but Rachel you, McAdams co-stars in this, and she's, she's one Canadian. of our Canadians. The, yes. very, the final scene of it, as they're singing a song, they kind of go through the cast and stick a little flag yes, next to do. their names. And it really was kind of an international get-together. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Canada participates in it, but I could be wrong. Austra- I know we'll Australia does, yes. and most of Europe gets together for this almost Olympics of song, where they, they send one representative band to sing a song and everyone kind of votes on it and of course the voting is very very convoluted and if you know anything about the Eurovision Song Contest which I kind of do because I'm a nerd for things like The Voice or Mm -hmm. American Idol and this is like on a scale of a million to that and over in Europe 
But uh, the, the voting is kind of convoluted, and they make all kinds of jokes to the actual Eurovision well, Song Contest. Well, and I think that's the it, problem for me in, that we wouldn't in really get finding it, if it we funny. Didn't know what it was. I didn't get a lot of that, yeah, because I knew very, very little about the Eurovision Song Contest. So the and kids, so, the one, th- so there's a couple things that even normal people would probably recognize. First of all, ABBA. Mm-hmm. And, and this movie starts off with ABBA singing Waterloo, and the world was introduced to ABBA from this contest. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And by the way, one of the best parts of this movie is Pierce Brosnan playing uh, playing Will Ferrell's father. And by the way, there's about 16, 15 years between those actors. I'm thinking, yeah. does this work? But and there's anyhow, even more between, I think, Will Ferrell and Rachel McCat are like about that same mm-hmm. age. And of course, and they're when, supposed to be siblings. When they saw Pearson here with the uh, ABBA music going on and that type of thing, I thought, well, that was kind of funny. So, you know, because, he was because in Mama, Mama Mia. Mia. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. So, it's a good cast. It's like you got all the ingredients to make a great cake, but it just kind of flopped a little for me. I. I I'm a Will Ferrell fan. I like all of his uh, okay. brand of comedy. This one seems more like his later stuff where he's just trying to play what Will Ferrell used mm-hmm. to be. So it's not quite as good as prime Will Ferrell, but it's still. You are right. This feels like Will per- Ferrell 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so I mentioned ABBA. The other song people might recognize, and this might be just a younger crowd, but uh, let's see if you recognize this song. Right now, it's just this is an actual song that was performed at the Eurovision Song Contest a few years ago. The saxophone part is the most famous part of that song. It's become a meme on the internet. (laughs) Kids pass it around. (laughs) There's a version of just that saxophone on repeat for like 10 hours if you look it up on YouTube. That was also at Eurovision. So when they're making fun of some of these songs and they seem really cheesily written, it's because a lot of the actual Eurovision songs are really big, bombastic, cheesy songs. And I figured that must have been the case, the outrageous costumes, the outrageous, oh, you know, set designs and everything giant else that going hamster wheel. On. There was yes. actually a Eurovision performance. I did performance read about that, that they actually had In a giant that. hamster yeah. wheel. <laughs> yes. And that was funny. That was funny. And uh, uh, that part of it I enjoyed towards the end there. I asked you about your favorite Hamilton song. I don't have to ask you what your favorite Eurovision song, because everyone's answer should be... When I feel your gentle touch And things are going our way I want to spill my love on you All day, all day Yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, Ding Dong. This song is now a uh, a big hit in Iceland, and as I guess it's be. full of sexual innuendo. From what I understand as well. So, Cole, just let you know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. It's a fun, goofy song. <laughs> Ding Dong. I love fun and goofy, and I loved the Eurovision Song Contest uh, yeah. on Netflix. But the opposite of fun and goofy, and I think you and I's favorite movie that we get to talk about today. Am I stretching on that? I uh, think it's mine. It is Apple TV Plus's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, gosh, I don't know. It's a toss-up, Hamilton or... But Hamilton's not really a movie. Not really. So, yes, let's say this is our favorite movie. All right. Yeah. Greyhound on Apple TV Plus. Air escort to Greyhound. You will now be out of range of air cover for the next five days. Safe travels to England. How many crossings does this make? This is my first... 
almost. <laughs> Tom Hanks making his first crossing. Yeah, maybe Tom his... Hanks is the only real name yeah. in this movie, and but this he might... carries it. This might be his first crossing, but is it, this is his fifth time as a captain. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at Apollo 13, Saving Private Ryan, Captain Phillips, and Sully, and then you could also throw in Captain of the Shrimp Boat in Forrest Gump. <laughs> There's about Tom being a captain that he just seems to move right into that role. He he fills it well here, and I, and Tom Hanks is the only name, but... He's the one that this movie revolves around. It is not so much a story about war or a story about the battles that are going mm-hmm. on, but this one man mm-hmm. carrying his crew through a long, just week without air cover, right? So the the plot just starts where they have to take a convoy of supplies to Europe during World War II, and they're kind of the battleship in the front, yes. and they've got a couple... Uh, also, you know, supporting ships to help them. Yep. But they need to just keep going from point to point to point to point as these German U-boats try to sabotage and destroy the convoy that they are yep. entitled to yep. protect. It's it's thrilling. It, it is. keeps going constantly. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And what's really impressive about this movie is if you've looked at enough special effects work, you realize that you're really watching computer-generated imagery for most of the time you're watching this film. But it works really, really effectively. And um, and they have a great cast. And what I loved about this film is Tom Hanks plays a person who is a, a deeply a man of faith. And, and as you mentioned, this is his first crossing. He's a little nervous. But it is really, truly his faith that gets him through this. And how he applies that in the way he deals with his crew. This is not the usual captain. I mean, he's got to bark out orders because things are happening and they're happening fast. But it really is a wonderful character representation of how you can lead people firmly, but still allowing them to be human beings. And and, and have I a respect that. for human yes. life. The, the crew around mm-hmm. him celebrates when they think they've sunk one of these U-boats because mm-hmm. that— it's war. That is what you're supposed to do. And he just takes a pause and, and says something like these are 50, 200 souls are yeah. lost or 50 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. And, yeah. and just because they were the souls on the opposite end of you doesn't mean that they're not souls that were lost. And it was just such a different take on a war movie. I'm yeah. not normally a war kind of guy because I don't care about the big spectacle of a bunch of people killing each other. But when it's kind of put in this framework yes. I, and and without shying away from any of the actual violence in war, mm-hmm. these were sh- giant ships shooting at each other. Yeah. And the action kept you on the edge of the seat because there's never a moment of rest for yeah. this crew. As soon as they finish one battle, something else is going on at the back of the convoy and they've got to get there. And they've got to save some people that got sunk on the other side of the convoy over there and then run over here. And Tom Hanks just carries you through it really from does. moment to moment to moment to moment and and it was a tight little movie it was only mm-hmm. about an hour and a half and yep. i think it benefited from that. oh it really did i'd rather be on the edge of my seat for an hour and a half than thinking for two hours and 10 minutes okay what are we doing now because most uh, war yeah. movies just get sucked yeah. in they got to show the yeah. bigness of it and, yep. and yep. they and they lose a little bit of the humanity which greyhound Greyhound is full of humanity. If you have bought an Apple product in the past, like, six months, you accidentally have Apple TV Mm -hmm. Plus. So go and and check out Greyhound. 
That wraps up. That is six different movies. We went through Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, My Spy on Prime, Scoob on HBO Max, Palm Springs on Hulu, Eurovision on Netflix, and Greyhound on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> Just because we haven't been able to go to the movies, Rod, we're still getting some yeah. pretty decent movies to watch oh, at yeah. home we to are. stream. And, of course, The Peacock as well is new to stream now for free. And Psych 2, Lassie Comes Home is over there <laughs> if you want to check out that movie. Before we end every show on screen cleaning, we always pan for good. There's good in them dire hills. <laughs> A beautiful story to share with you this week. Captain America is truly a hero, and Chris Evans, the man that plays him, got to be a little bit of a hero this week to a little kid. Uh, there was a, a young man by the name of Bridger, just a small, you know, four or five-year-old six, kid, six-year-old kid, yeah. who stepped in front of a dog that was coming to attack his even smaller baby sister, and he, he had to get about 90 stitches all over because the dog kind of attacked him, but his sister was safe. And in response to this... Some of Bridger's heroes came uh, to congratulate him on his heroic deeds. Captain America on Instagram and also the man that plays Thor, Chris Hemsworth, added his voice to say that this little kid was truly a hero of that week. I understand. Didn't he get a shield or something, too? Yeah, so Captain America sent him a real authentic shield. And so hopefully this thing is durable enough that when the next dog comes... (laughs) He's just going to whap him over the head with that, and we're done. Keep keep that on hand, Bridger. Yes. You'll be fine. If it's good enough for Captain America, it's good enough to it protect is. you against the dogs. Rod Gustafson, thank you so much well, for coming thank you. on Screen I love coming today. here and talking to you, Cole. We like to take advantage of, of your insight whenever we have movies to review, and so we hope to have you on again uh, when we have another review roundup. You've got my address. All right, this is Screen Cleaning every week on BYU Radio. Uh, Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Cole Wissinger. And I'm Rod Gustafson. And we'll see you next week.